Howdy folks and welcome to the Dirt Road Cowboys Christian Podcast. I'm Dean, also known as the Dirt Road Cowboy. Whether this is your first visit or if you're a return listener, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen in. In the last episode, I mentioned that I was going to talk a little bit about some of the New Age practices that are being brought into the church without Christians even knowing what they're doing. I came across a little bit of a problem, though. The more I looked, the more I kept finding. So I'm going to have to split this up over a few different episodes. I'm able to notice these things because I came out of a New Age background. Without getting into my whole life story, I'll tell you a little bit about how I got involved in the occult. I wasn't brought up in a Christian or a religious home, but somehow I had developed a love for God and Jesus. I didn't know anything about being a Christian, though, except that even as a kid, I saw Jesus freaks mocked and ridiculed, and I didn't want any part of that, so I stayed away from any close connection with God. I ended up living a carnal, secular life, doing a lot of wrong things and getting in a lot of trouble. I'm not going to give a full testimony. I just want to give a little bit of a lead-up into my spiritual seeking. I had a scary experience when I was about 14. I was in our garage workshop, and I was just kind of doing some stuff in there. And next thing I know, I was being pulled out of my body. It felt like someone had just grabbed me from behind and ripped me completely out of my body. I just felt like I was being pulled farther and farther and farther and farther away. And I could see my body just getting smaller as I was being pulled away, and it was almost like looking into an infinity mirror, if you know what one of those is, where you see yourself looking at yourself, 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 and you just keep going farther and farther and farther back. And that's kind of what it looked like when I was just being yanked out of my body. Then I started hearing all kinds of mocking, tormenting things, and I was scared. And I was also very cold. It was almost like being pulled out into space without any stars or planets or anything, just pitch black and freezing cold. And the only thing that I was aware of is the tormenting voices. And they were chaotic. Nothing in particular telling me that I was damned or anything like that. They were just tormenting me about my past. And being a 14-year-old kid, I didn't have that much of a past. But I did enough bad things that I was being tormented about that. It was like a thousand voices going all at the same time. And I was floating in nothingness, being absolute cold and absolutely terrified because I knew I wasn't in my body anymore. And it seemed like I was there for a very, 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 very long time. Next thing I knew, I heard a sound and I was being almost violently pulled back into my body. I just came rushing back to my body and I was just starting to fall over. So whether I was dead or near dead, I was just starting to teeter, even though it was probably only a second or so on the earth. It felt like years that I was gone. And the sound that I heard was my sister's dog barking at me. The dog could tell that there was something wrong because normally that dog didn't bark. And I was cold. My body was cold. I was shivering and shaking. It was like all the warmth had been pulled completely out of my body, just like I was feeling when I was in the nothingness. Now, this is before I'd ever heard anything about the Bible reference of being cast into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth or anything like that. I didn't know any of that stuff. All I know is that I was terrified, and I went running into the house, and I did everything I could to try to get warm. Even though this was summertime in Arizona, I was freezing, I was shaking, my skin was cold, clammy, and it took me at least 
two or three hours before my body got up to normal temperature. So after that terrifying experience, I didn't know what to think. But then it happened again two days later. Exactly the same. Being ripped from my body out in the same garage, and I was pulled away, and it went through the same exact thing. Floating out in the nothingness, tormenting voices, and I couldn't get back to my body. I was just floating forever and ever and ever. Well, like I said, after it seemed like being forever, I was rushed back into my body the exact same way. And the same dog was barking at me again. The dog was just standing there, looking at me, or looking at something near me. The dog was scared. It was barking like it was scared. So I don't know. Some people say that dogs can pick up on spiritual things, and maybe it was picking up on a demonic presence that was trying to kill me or something. I don't know. All I know is I went running back into the house and spent hours trying to warm up again. The whole thing really scared me. I went and talked to religious people. I went to the Catholic Church and I talked to the priests. I didn't know anything about Christianity or demons or anything else except for Hollywood type of stuff. But everyone that I talked to, religious people, Christians, they either just laughed at me, told me I was crazy, or asked me if I was taking drugs. I just kept going to anyone that I could think of. I was asking people what was going on, what was happening, why it kept happening. But the only ones that would listen to me or show me any kind of understanding were the New Age people. Christian people, Catholic, whatever, they didn't have any answers. But the New Age people had different kinds of answers. And they told me that I had been on on an astral projection or something like that. And that I had left my body and that I needed to learn how to control those kind of things so that I wouldn't be afraid and I could come back anytime I wanted. I could come and go and travel around the world. It didn't have to be just out into nothingness. I really didn't want to practice that because I was afraid of it still. But the New Age people were the only ones that were showing any kind of compassion, consideration, or acknowledgement that what I went through was a real experience. So I started to study more on New Age teachings, and I got pulled into the New Age. I started meeting more of the people that were involved in the New Age and learning different aspects of it. I got deep into a lot of different aspects of the New Age, so-called light and dark side. I get into many different aspects, such as magic, astrology, numerology, tarot cards, rune casting, witchcraft, and more. I even got into the teachings of LaVey's Satanic Bible and a lot of Aleister Crowley's teachings. I got heavily involved into the whole New Age scene for over 10 years. So I do have the ability to recognize the practices that are infiltrating Christianity today. And that was the only reason I wanted to bring up a bit of my past, is to kind of lay some groundwork, showing that I know what I'm talking about. I'm not just one of these Christians that read a book that was written by someone that read something that someone else said. I have personal experience with these things. And that's why I see it as a somewhat disturbing thing when it's going on in the Christian churches today. And I'm not going to be able to get into all of them because the list keeps growing. So I'll do a few of them today and maybe in the next podcast I'll cover a few more. One of the things that I have been noticing really growing in the church is universalism. The whole thing that God is the universe and the universe is God. He is in all things. He is all things. All things are part of him including us and that we have the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. Well, that leaves nowhere in there for salvation, because if we're all in the same brotherhood, and if God is in everything, then there's no need for a savior, because God is all in all, and that's not the way it is. Christians like to take 
and use the term we are made in the image of God, and that is completely incorrect. The Bible says that man was made in the image and likeness of God, but that was before the fall. After the fall, we're no longer in the image and likeness of God. We're a fallen, separated creature, no longer able to be in God's presence because of the sin nature. We have a completely different life force. From what I see in the Bible, there's two spirits mentioned, the spirit of God and the spirit of the world. Those are like power sources. You're either getting your power from God, having a connection, a spiritual connection to him by his Holy Spirit, or you're connected to the world, the energy field that has been separated ever since sin came in and separated God and man. And one of these days I'll get into a little bit of a teaching on how that happened. But for now, I just wanted to bring up the whole subject of universalism and how it leaves out the need for a savior. There's also some teachings that say that we all came out from God and God knew us before the foundation of the world because we were all there with him. Well, one of the main problems that I see with that is that it also excludes the need for salvation. That type of thinking would be there are billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of little souls up there with God. And he's calling them all together for a meeting one day and saying, we're going to do a new thing. I'm going to make a world and I'm going to send all of you into it, knowing that most of you won't make it out and the rest of you will be going to eternal damnation. But that's just the way I'm willing to play it and I'm willing to take the risk. What about all the billions that won't ever make it back? Do they want to take that risk? That's the ridiculousness of it. I believe that God knew us because he knows everything, all the potentialities out there, and he knew why he made us. But it's not because we were all hanging around with him, agreeing to this learning experience on earth. That's what the New Age teaches, that we are all part of the universe that is out to learn different things so that we can combine with the whole with different experiences. And that's getting to what is creeping into the church today that we have been sent out by God to learn different things so that we can enhance the kingdom of God with different experiences and that we'll all eventually go back. And carrying this a little bit farther, I have heard Christian teachers, preachers, whatever, saying that even hell isn't real as we know it. They say that the fire of hell is the unquenchable fire of God's purifying love. And that those that are going there are going there because they need to be purified by God's love. And that eventually all that go there, including Lucifer himself, will be purified to the point where we can all rejoin God. Yeah, right. Let's see how that plays out in the end. Jesus never mentioned anything like that. And I'm not going down that road because that completely excludes the need for a savior. That is saying it doesn't matter if you get saved or not, because eventually you will get saved through the purging fire of God's love. And all your sins will be washed away by his glorious love, and you don't need to get saved so that everyone's going to go to heaven. I really wouldn't want to bet my eternal future on that. That's getting right in there with the once saved, always saved heresy that is leading a lot of people to hell because they're not really saved. Now, if you just go around thinking you're saved and acting like the devil, then you're going to be going to the place that is created for the devil and his angels. And all of his children are going there with him. It's a nasty place. I don't want anyone to go there. I've seen what people are like there. It's horrible. And it never ends. So let's just stay away from the whole universalist idea that everyone is going to be saved even without the need of a savior. 
If that was the case, then God deliberately sent Jesus and had him slaughtered for nothing. And any person that sent their child to be slaughtered for no good reason at all would be considered a monster. And I don't think that we want to put God in that category. Why would Jesus have to be crucified for our sins if everyone's just going to be saved anyway? No, don't play that game. Another one I want to get to is the practice of summoning demons into a church service by Christians that are calling something that they don't even have any clue. And this may offend some people. I don't care. Be offended. I'm here to speak the truth. The demon spirit that I'm talking about people calling in is Shekinah or Shekinah. Popular Christian teaching is saying that the Shekinah or Shekinah is the glory of God. But if you look it up, and you can do this on a Google search, look up Shekinah goddess, and you'll find out that Shekinah was a Babylonian goddess, and it is not in the Bible. That word does not show up in the Hebrew scriptures. The word for glory is kabod. The whole concept of Shekinah got brought in during the Babylonian exile when they were bringing a Babylonian goddess into their religion. And they were teaching that El, as in El Shaddai, God, mated with Shekinah, and creation was born as their child. Yeah, that's what they taught. The word Shekinah comes up in the Babylonian Talmud and in the Kabbalah. Yes, I've had some experience with the Kabbalistic teachings. And yes, I am bothered that people are begging for the Shekinah to fill them in their church. They're calling a Babylonian goddess, a demon goddess, into their being, into their churches, to come on their people, to fill them. They're begging for demon possession. Like I said, you don't believe it? Look it up and spread the news. Anyone that you hear talking about the Shekinah glory, they're talking about a Babylonian goddess, not the glory of God. It's not the Holy Spirit. The glory of God is kabod in the Hebrew. You can look that up for yourself. You don't need to be a Hebrew scholar. All you need to do is just have a good concordance that has the Hebrew words and do a study for yourself. That's all. This isn't some kind of advanced theology. This is basic. This is stuff that Christians should be learning from the beginning. It's how to study for themselves and not depend on someone else to tell them what to do, what to think, how to act. You're supposed to grow up. And the last one that I want to touch on today, I'll combine a couple of them here, would be guided imagery during meditation and prayer. When someone is sitting there, putting everyone into a state of calmness while they're telling them what to picture, what to image, this is bordering on hypnosis. This is not meditating on the Word of God. This is not communicating with God. This is a man putting people in a hypnotic trance so that he can fill them with his own images. And a lot of Christians think that hypnosis is evil, but they'll go along with this kind of prayer and meditation which is just guided imagery, hypnosis. And another thing that kind of goes along with that is the using of basically Tibetan Buddhist prayer bowls, which, when struck, make a certain frequency. Christian ministers are getting out there, ringing these little bowls, whether they're brass or crystal or whatever, to produce the tones that are supposed to help people go into a calm, relaxed state where they're in a deeper contact with God. But this is the same thing that the Buddhist monks are doing all the time. It's part of Buddhism. But now Buddhism is becoming part of the Christian church and they're using Tibetan prayer bowls, ringing them in the services. But we're going to cut it short right there. I've got more and like I said, I'll do some more in another teaching, probably the next teaching. I'll continue this one. So we'll end it there. And as always, I want to thank you again. 
And my prayer is that God's richest and best will be on you and your loved ones. I really mean that. I pray for you. I pray that God will bless you and show you his goodness and his love. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to my website, www.dirtroadcowboy.com. And it just basically tells some of the stuff that, I, that I'm into, some of the stuff that I do, some of my adventures, if you're into that kind of thing. So I'll end it here. Thank you all for listening. This is Dirt Road Cowboy. Signing out. Bye, y'all.